Come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with songs. Let me go back. I'm going to start reading in verse number one again. And uh, you check yourself. The word of God's quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even, dividing asunder soul and spirit and joints and marrows, the discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. See if, see, if, see if you're lining up with Psalms 95. Let's go back verse 1. Oh, come. We did that. Let us sing unto the Lord. We did that. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with, sing, with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with songs. For the Lord is a great God. Why do we make a joyful noise? Why do we sing unto the Lord? Why do we come before his presence with thanksgiving? It's because we got our eyes dotted and T's crossed? No. Ain't got nothing to do with you. It's just you going to do it or not going to do it. I feel like running today. This is why. This is why. Verse 3. For the Lord. (laughs) is a great God. That's why. Hey man. That's why we sing. That's why we have joy. That's why we come to church with thanksgiving. For the Lord is a great God. What else about it? He's a great king above all gods. Little g. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. He's down there with you. The strength of the hills is his also. He's up there with you. The sea is his. He made it, and his hands formed the dry land. So now what we're going to do? Verse 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Why? For he, he's not just a God. For he is our God. Amen. And we are the, the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand when we're going to start today if you will hear his voice harden not your heart as in the provocation as in the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me proved me and saw my work forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said it is a people that do err in their heart and they have not known my ways unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. He said, don't be like that crowd. How many of y'all looking for rest? Can you say amen? Well, we don't need to be like that crowd. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. Pray you'd help me, Lord, to preach and the power of the Holy Ghost. Give us liberty, Lord, I pray, and among your people. Lord, I pray you give us liberty, Lord, to preach everything. You'd have us to say nothing more, nothing less. Help us, God, to have liberty to follow the truth as you've laid it out before us. Help us, God, to do your will and the power that only you can give. We pray, God, that it accomplish in every heart for you said in the word that it would not return void. And so we pray, God, that would accomplish what needs to be accomplished in every heart, every individual, every family, every person that hears now and later. We pray, God, that you get glory for everyone that is here. And thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. We love you. We yield ourselves to you and say, God, to you be praised and you be honored. We thank you, Lord, for saving an old hell-deserving sinner like me. Lord, thank you for my lambs, my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And we pray, dear God, that you do an, add another name and do a mighty work even today among your children. We pray it be so for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. If the Lord would help me for a little while this morning, I want to preach on this Psalm 95, look at several verses, and preach on the thought of the fundamentals of worship. Going to be looking at worship and a series of messages, Lord willing, this one being the first, the fundamentals of of worship. Now you'll notice about this psalm. This psalm along with 96, 97, and among 94, 93, and several other ones throughout the psalm. This psalm is one among many psalms that does not have a title. Doesn't tell you who wrote it. Doesn't tell you who it was written to. 
But according to Hebrews in chapter number 4, verse 7, here's what the verse says. Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying, In David, today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if you will not hear, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Paul wrote Hebrews to the Jews scattered abroad and the believers scattered abroad. And he says that this psalm was penned by David. In Hebrews chapter number 4 verse 7 we find the author. We know that the author of all the word of God for all scriptures is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, instruction, and right. God gave it all. God breathed it all. But we know that the author by which God used is David according to Hebrews and chapter 4 and verse 7 in the word of God. Thank God David penned this down. God put it in David. Paul said in David God told us. He's warned us in the latter part of chapter of the chapter that we read in chapter 95 not to be like them who harden their hearts. What hardens our hearts? Well, you think about dirt. Dirt, if it's just left and tilled and man, it's ready for seed and maybe plant some seed. Man, it, it looks soft. It looks plush. You can mess it with your hands. You can dig a hole, put a seed in it, mound it up. I mean, it's soft. It, it's, it's pliable. It'll receive rain. But if the, if, if the soil is left to itself and heat begins to bake the dirt, and bake the moisture out of it. No rain. It begins to get hard and cracked. It'll, it'll stifle the life. There's life in that seed. But the sun can harden the exposure to the elements. The, the exposure to the world can harden the elements so that the life that is in the soil can't come out. And when the rain comes, instead of soaking down in and letting life germinate, it just runs off and fills up ditches and washes out your grass. We can't be like that. Paul, hey man, Paul's reminding us, hey, take my word, listen to what David said. He wrote it in Psalms 95. Don't harden your hearts. There's life in there. I'm not doubting that we saved. I'm not doubting that we've been born again. But the, the elements, the exposure to everything, the wind and the heat and, and the climate that we're in spiritually has hardened the soil of our heart. And if we don't break it up, that's why God told through Hosea, break up that fallow ground. Get, that, get the plow in it. Get the hoe to work. Break up that fallow ground. God wants to meet with you. And so David's warning us. Paul's reminding us. Don't be like that crowd who don't worship. Don't be like that crowd who has life, but the society, the elements, the sun, the situation they're in, has hardened their heart, has hardened their soul. Can't be like that. He warned us not to be like that in the latter part of the psalm. This psalm, according to the, in the first verses, all the way down before the warning in verse number 8, from verse 1 through verse number 7, it's an exhortation. And God is saying, hey, he's warning, but he's, in the latter part, but he's exhorting us to worship God based on who he is and how good he's been to us. The basis of worship is how good God is and how good he's been. Is everybody still breathing God's air? Standing on God's dirt? If it wasn't for the gravity being at the right amount, we'd be flying out for squish to the earth. If the stars wasn't in the right location and the earth wasn't tilted at the right place, we'd fall off. And if it wasn't for the earth tilted and the sun being in the right place, we'd burn up or freeze to death. I say God's taking care of us. Would you say Amen. And so based on who God is and all that he's done to us, for us, with us, we got to worship God. Don't harden your heart. 
Amen. That's a long time they hardened their heart. And God said, he, hey, this is what God said. God said, I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my wrath. I don't want wrath from God. I want rest from God. Would y'all say amen? I want to stay in the first seven verses. I, want to st- I don't want to get down there from verse 8 to verse number 11. This psalm is an invitation to worship. You want to know what, what, what right do I have to worship? Well, if you, if you know God and you're saved, he's given you an invitation to come worship. But you don't know me. I'm rotten to the core. There ain't nothing good about me. Time out. It ain't about you. Are y'all with me today? It's based on God. It's based on how good he is, not how good you've been to him. Not based on you. You are invited to worship because you have a relationship with God. Somebody ought to say amen. The psalm reminds us believers in Christ are called. Paul, you say, preacher, this is Old Testament. Well, Paul reminds us in that epistle in Hebrews, that's New Testament. And I'm talking to you in now, Testament, that we've been given an invitation to worship. Can y'all say amen? He's given us, just consider for a minute his goodness in your life. Consider him. Consider the mighty power of his hand. Consider of the creator of all the earth. Consider the fact that the creator became your redeemer. Amen. God that spoke it all spoke to you. God that made it all remade you. And based on him and all that he is, that's reason enough to worship. Amen. That's right enough to worship. That's the requirement to worship. Hey, if you know him, we ought to worship him. Amen. Let's walk through the text and then I'll try to share with you just a few things on why we should worship. I'm on, I've tried to already. Amen. There's enough reason here. We ought to shout the victory. Look in Psalms 95 verse 1, the first part. Here's what he said. Oh, anytime you see a psalm start out with that. That's not just something to be looked over. That's not just a letter in the alphabet. That, 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 is, that is a churning from the soul. Oh, come. You ever, you ever heard somebody pray? You ever been in bad shape and all you can say, oh God. Hey, that's what is a, there's a burning. Oh, come. Hey, we get the privilege to come. Why not come? Oh, come. We showed up today. So, oh, come. Don't just come. Oh, come. And let, watch what he says. Let us, I don't got no more right than you do, but you've got the same right as I do. I'm lumping myself in the basket. Let us come. Amen, it's not big eyes looking down at little ewes. It's not somebody saying I'm better than them. Oh, come, let us, let us. Let us believers, us that know God. Amen. That believe in God, know what he's done for us. That knows that he picked us to be his sheep. That we're his people. Us. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Believers. I'm not talking to the atheists. They don't know God. I'm talking about us that's saved. Let us come. Let us come now. Not tomorrow, the next day. Let's do it now. It's present tense. Let us come unto, unto the Lord. Let's come unto the Lord. Oh, well, preacher, I'm just, every situation I'm coming to, I don't feel like singing about it. Well, sing unto the Lord. Oh, come, let us sing. Let us sing unto the Lord. Why? I ain't got nothing to sing about. You got him to sing about, and ain't he been good? He could have thrown you off in hell. He could have said, well, I'm tired of you being rebellious. I'm tired of you sinning. I'm tired of you asking for forgiveness and doing it again. But that ain't him. Hey, man, just based on that, let us sing to him. Well, what are we going to sing? Well, I don't know if he wants to hear some of the things we sing. But he wants you to sing unto him. He sing unto the Lord, the Jehovah, the Messiah. The Lord, our righteous, the song of praise, sing to him, amen. Glory in his person, glory in his goodness, the riches of his grace. How good that he's been. He said, sing unto the Lord, all caps, L-O-R-D. No, no God, all them other gods are little G. This is the God, amen, Jehovah. 
Amen. Mighty God, the self-existing one, the one that nothing would exist without and everything consists or hold together because him, the one that was, didn't need nobody to make him, he is before everything and by him everything else exists. If you went back to the beginning, he was already there. Somebody say amen. This is the one that we're supposed to sing to. And we are supposed to come with thanksgiving for his mercies, the mercies that came our way. Christ is the subject of every spiritual song. He ought to be the subject of every spiritual lesson. Amen. It's his person, his honor, his glory. That's why we sing. Amen. We're instructed to sing. You say, preacher, this is Old Testament. Well, I'm glad you asked. The New Testament said in Ephesians 5, 19, when you can't find nobody else to talk to, I, I, I knew this one guy. I said, man, you always talking to yourself. He said, I can't find nobody intelligent to talk to, so I talked to myself, that's what he said. And uh, making a joke, but I'm gonna tell you what the Bible said. When you can't find nobody, here's the evidence you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, Ephesians 5, 18. Be not drunk with wine, worn as excess, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. So a man full of the Holy Ghost will be out of control of his faculties. Amen. God will be in control instead of the wine. Somebody say amen. And verse 19 is evidence. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making mail in your heart to the Lord. That's what the Bible said in the New Testament. David is saying, sing unto the Lord. Paul said to the church at Ephesus, in the midst of corruption and compromise, he said, sing unto the Lord. Hey, Paul's telling us what David told us, sing to the Lord. He told the church in Colossae, he said, just in case you think, well, that's just the one group and that's just the one group. He said to church in, in, in the book of Colossians and Colossae and chapter three and verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You're supposed to sing to the Lord. Are y'all listening to me? Hey, hey, David said, sing. And when you sing, sing to the Lord. Oh, come and let us sing. Amen. It's the now testament. Now, it's not just the old testament. You say, preacher, but you don't understand. I'm in affliction. I'm in trouble. Who ain't? I mean, it's 2023. I've seen a little thing. I don't know who it was that sent it to me. I've seen a little thing. It said, finishing the year 2023. Had this marathon runner. He is running wide open. He is leaps and bounds in front of everybody. He gets almost to the finish line, falls on his knees. His head knocks the winning thing down. That's how we're going to finish 2023. Who ain't in affliction? But good news. My affliction is not what makes me sing or doesn't make me sing. What makes me sing is the Lord. And how good he's been to me. Somebody say amen. Hey, 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 I'm going to sing unto the Lord. Amen. In the midst of my affliction. You say, preacher, show me somebody did. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. Job did. Job said, here's what Job said. He's a wise man. He was a wealthy man. He, he was a watch man. God said there ain't nobody like him just in all these and I'm going to tell you, he went, through, he went through affliction. He was a man worried by the devil, but he worshiped anyway. You know why he worshiped? I believe the keys found in verse 21 of Job. He worshiped because of truth. The Lord gave. He said, the Lord gave. Everything I got that's given to me, God gave it to me. You drive on a car, you might as well say God gave it to you because if you didn't have the strength to breathe, you breathe in his air and standing on his land and you ain't paid rent. Somebody say amen. You ain't paying for that oxygen. Where'd you get it from? God made it. Somebody say amen. You spending money, where'd you get it from? Well, you wouldn't have strength to do it if it wasn't God. Everything we got's God's. Everything we got's God. Our health is God's. He said the Lord gave. <laughs> he knew the truth that God gave it and it's all about him. Here's what he said in verse 21. That's the first words. Here's next what he said. He said, the Lord take away. 
He said, it's God that gave it. He said, I'm going to worship because of truth. He said, I'm going to worship because of trust. If he takes it away, amen, I'm going to trust him. He gave it, he can give it back. If he wants it, amen, he can have it. If he wants to give it back, he can give it back. He worshiped because of truth. He worshiped out of trust. He worshiped because of the title. He said in that verse, blessed be the name of the Lord. We ought to worship just on, we ought to sing just on the fact of who we get to talk to. Who we get to talk about. See, you can holler at your kids. That's making a noise. You can, you can sing some of these other songs. Hey, you don't mind lifting your voice for them. You, you can, amen, when, when Junior gets a home run, you can climb the backstop fence. Woo, hollering and lifting up your voice. That's racket. What makes noise this kind of noise? What makes it special? What makes the song special? What makes the noise special is who you're doing it for and who you're doing it to. Somebody say amen. He said, blessed be the name of the Lord. I mean, he's lost everything. And he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. He said, I'm going to worship. He worshiped because of truth. He worshiped out of trust. He worshiped based on the title. And I'm telling you what, he worshiped because his testimony meant something. He knew that if he worshiped, the next verse says in chapter 1, verse 22 of Job, that in all that stuff that he went through, he did not charge God foolishly, nor did he sin. You know what he knew? He said, hey man, my worship is, will be more of a, te- hey man, my worship in affliction and bad times will be more of a testimony than my worship ever was when everything was good. When I was wealthy, when I, hey man, somebody help me up in here. I'm talking about if you can worship when everything's going backwards and sideways and upside down, you ain't worshiping cause of you or things you're going through, you worshiping cause of God. Amen. I tell you what David said. He said, I tell you what, you ought to just worship God in spite of everything. Psalm 107 verse 8, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for the wonderful works uh, toward the children of men. For he satisfied the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Ain't that him? He ain't, amen, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Every good gift and every perfect gift coming from above. Amen, we have a God that don't change. There's no shadow of us turning. He don't, amen, he never turns around. He never makes a mistake. This is a God that's just all time good to us. Ain't he good? Then that's why you ought to worship. I said, ain't he good? I can't hear y'all today. I said, ain't he good? Then you ought to worship him because he's good to you. But ain't he God? And ain't he God? If he's God, that's enough to worship. Y'all know I'm right. Amen. Amen. I'm going to tell you what. It wasn't enough. He didn't get it all said. First, look what he said. He said, let us sing, O Lord, let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Look at that. He said, let us make a joyful noise. You know what that word joyful noise means? It means a piercing of the eardrum to cause it to bleed. Did y'all hear me? It wasn't saying, praise the Lord. No, that ain't it. It means praise the Lord. Woo! It means make a piercing noise. I mean, rattle their eardrums. Amen. You know how you do when you're mad at your husband. Holler like that. When you're mad at your wife, holler like that. You know when them youngins ain't never done nothing that they're supposed to do the whole day long and you finally just boiled over and you finally blowed your top and that little jiggler on top of that cannon thing has done shot the ceiling off. You know that kind of noise. Praise the Lord. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen. To shout, to sound a cry. It means to shout a war cry. It means to uh, shout a signal for war or for a march. It means to shout in triumph or because of triumph. It means to shout in your applause and appreciation. It means to shout with a religious impulse. I say amen. It means to cry out of your distress 
to, a, to the one that can deliver you out of it. Amen. The, it means to do it with joy. That's the word joy is a happiness and exhortation. It's, it is the idea of bubbling up, being so grateful and so thankful that, amen, it bubbles up in the joy. People, man, I'm telling you, people get so impressed. Sometimes they go to these real dried hide service. Everything's liturgical. Hey man, everything looks ordinary. I get scared to death in places like that. Hey man, does anybody like going to a funeral? Man, I don't like going to a funeral. I've got family members that's got to go to a funeral right now. It's a sad day. It's a sad day. They're going to go after the morning service. They ain't looking forward to going to a funeral. They'd all lot ready to worship and thank God for being alive. Y'all know I'm right. I don't want to go to them kind of places. Amen. And I tell you what, we ought to be feared of, that we overlook the privilege to worship. We ought to get real fearful and nervous when we do not take advantage of the opportunity to make a joyful noise and sing unto the Lord. Amen. That joy ought to be a characteristic of our service. It ought to be a characteristic of your shout. It ought to be a characteristic of your song. If people ought to come in, you ought to be like one in a cartoon. There ought to be a light bulb over your head. Amen. Just brighten up the place when you come. You ever known them people, they make everything happy when they show up, and then there's them people, they make everything happy when they leave. <laughs> I don't want to be the second one. Amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about. He said, worship God. Give him, a, give him a shout. Make some noise for the rock of your salvation. And he ain't, he ain't got it out yet. He said, wait a minute, for the rock of our salvation? He's, he's starting to magnify. He's going to talk about all the tabernacle, the travels through the wilderness. Don't be like that crowd and provoke the Lord with your disbelief and unbelief and disobedience. Don't, don't be like that. So he's, he's geared in that mindset. And something clicks on him. And he, he's reminded of the rock of their salvation. Now that means a lot to that crowd that's been through that wilderness. Their forefathers have went through dry desert and they knew what it was to have a rock of their salvation. This is a rock. Amen. Here you say, preacher, does that apply to us? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because in the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 4, Paul writing to a New Testament church, said, and they all did drink from that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Boy, ain't you glad he's the rock of your salvation. When they were dry and thirsty in a foreign land, God gave them something to drink. And boy, ain't you glad, hey man, I mean dry heat, desert, I mean hot, ain't nothing to drink. And all of a sudden, life-giving water comes out of here and spared their life. That's what Jesus, Paul said to the church at Corinth, this is a rock that followed them. I ain't never seen a rock with feet, but that and there had it. Everywhere they went, the rock went. Are y'all listening to this preacher? I'm talking about faith thirsty, got something to drink. Hey, that's why we worship we ain't worshiping cause of the crowd. We worshiping cause Christ. We ain't worshiping cause of our calamity, nor are we gonna be prevented because of our calamity. It ought to be a characteristical trait that we worship God and sing to the Lord and make a joyful noise cause he's the rock of our salvation. Amen, that's exactly right. He's a rock that's strong enough. Y'all believe that, don't you? Everything that's going on, not, not only is he strong enough to do it, being done by him, we're safe in him because he done it. Let me say it one more time. Thank God for him being the rock of our salvation. But the water came out and we came in. Somebody help me up in here. Hey man, shouts of joy and praise are to be done because of him. The, hey man, the psalmist David is showing us singing, vocal, vocal singing and vocal shouting is in order in the New Testament, Old Testament, now Testament church. Amen. Not just singing individually, but singing in concert together, one another, to the Lord. Amen. Vocal singing. Amen. God wants us to do it. Real worship is seen. You got to be exposed to it. And then you want to experience it. Because human flesh has to be exposed to something before they recognize 
Oh, it's okay to do that. I remember when I was got, me and Brother Keith got took down there to Texas, and that guy said, I'm booking you and Keith Russell, and uh, I want y'all to come to our revival meeting. I don't want you to, you don't have to worry, I don't, I'm not going to call on you to preach. I don't want you to work in the kitchen. Only thing I want y'all to do is worship like you always do. He said, I'm pastoring the church, a crowd of people that don't believe in worship, and I want them to be exposed. By the end of the meeting, it wasn't cause nothing we did. We just worship like we always have. But I'm going to tell you, by the end of the meeting, there was a pregnant woman that was nine months pregnant, and she got to run around the church. I was plumb nervous. I'm just going to be honest. I said, her water's going to break. We're going to be in a mess because we was in the middle of nowhere in Texas. Hey, I'm telling you, God will put it on. God, we, you say, preacher, what's this so big deal about exposure? Your kids need to be exposed to it. They need to see mom and daddy shouting. How's your grandbabies going to shout if granddaddy sits there like a knot on the law? Somebody say amen. Any dead fish can float downstream. It takes a trout to fight against the current. Amen. God wants some life about you. Amen. As far as I know, amen, we ain't at the funeral home or the graveyard. We ought to act like we ain't at neither one of them. Amen. He, want, he wants us to be exposed to it, experience, and then be an example to others. Are y'all with me today? Amen. God helped the children of Israel sing a song because the smitten rock brought forth cooling streams. And we are to sing a song because the smitten rock brought forth a healing stream. Somebody help me. Hey, man, hey, we got joyful, the rock of our salvation. He's the author. Hey man, they gave David this song. And by the time we get to the end, it switches from David saying it about God to God saying it to all of us. Did y'all notice that? It changed from, hey man, the person of speech changed to let us know that God said, hey, it's time for me to take over. I want them to know how important it is to hear the message that David gave you. And he said, God said, they provoke me. He took it over. I say amen. God wants us to see the importance of the fundamentals of worship. Amen. When the mountains of Sinai, thank God, shook and was set on fire and smoke bowl. When the Red Sea was opened up. When the quails fell and the manna was poured out. Man, that ought to have been reason enough to shout. But you know what? We're living on this side of Calvary post-resurrection and God's done a whole lot better than that. We ain't living in tents and walking through deserts. God's providing food on our table, traveling grace to keep on going. Amen, preacher, amen. He's brought down Jericho walls, opened up seas of obstacles and give us opportunities and we sit there like we don't thank him. You ought to thank him. You ought to come with a thanksgiving with a joyful sound with something that bubbles up a noise that needs to be a vocal something outward that comes from something he done inward amen then notice what he said in verse number two he said he's not done he said let us come before his presence ain't that what he says with thanksgiving look at there brother Scott we ought, to, we ought to just be thankful. Well, that's what you've been saying, preacher. Well, then give God praise for it. You ought to give him thanks in the songs of worship, in the hymns, in the message. You ought to give him thanks, amen, thanksgiving in the choir, thanksgiving on the piano, thanksgiving in the pulpit, thanksgiving in the pews. This is talking about thanksgiving everywhere, amen. Thank offering, a sacrifice offering. The only sacrifice that we are duly bound to bring in a New Testament post-resurrection church is the sacrifice of praise to God continually, giving thanks to his name. Hebrews 13, 15. That is not a turtle dove. That's not a bullock. That's not a ram. You didn't have to bring none of that stuff to church, but what you're supposed to bring is an offering of thanksgiving. Somebody say amen. Come with a sacrifice of praise. Amen. God wants us to. If there's no other reason, 
He came, he was smitten, life-giving flow, and amen, everybody goes to that fountain and gets healed. Amen. Life is given. Thank God. He's taking care of us. He's providing for us. Amen. He showed up today. He wants us to worship him. It, amen. God is taking, he said, look, I, I think it's significant that you attended church, but I want you not just to come, but to oh, come. I'm not just to sing, but sing unto the Lord. Not just to make a record, but make a joyful noise. Amen. To have thanksgiving to the rock of our soul. To do it with joy and happiness. Amen. I'll tell you what, some people that claim to be saved, I wouldn't want what they had. I'm afraid if they as miserable as they are, I don't want it. Amen, preacher. Amen. Y'all know I'm right. I'm not saying everything's right. It ain't. Amen. They's worry, they's wonder, but thank God they's worship. Amen. Amen. You know what God wants us to do? To present our body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. You say, preacher, I'm worshiping God on the inside. Well, you half right. You half right. That's what the Bible said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 and 20. What? No, you're not. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Say amen. Hey, I will. if you go to a rock concert, when they go to play in their songs, they go to lifting up their hands. Matter of fact, they'll lift up their hands when they come in the door. You know what you ought to do? You ought to lift up your hands when you come in the door. Hey, hey, they play in my song. What is it? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That found a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. They singing my song. Hallelujah. Hey Amen. I don't, I don't want there to be a fire hazard, but if it helps you, turn your lighter on. Hey Amen. Hey, it'll help you. Hey Amen. Thank God. Put your phone on. Just wave it around. I'm telling you, it'll help you to praise him. He wants you to lift up your hands. Don't let them hang down in the sanctuary, the psalmist said another place. He said, lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Are y'all with me? Make a joyful noise. Amen. It's the word picture. It's under him. Under him. With a melodious voice. With grace in your heart. With songs on your tongue. With a spiritual song. This belongs in the gospel as much as it did. I done told you Ephesians 5, 19 and Colossians. God said if, if, if they could worship God and they were looking toward Calvary, Calvary's already took place, the burial's already happened, the resurrection's taken place, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, salvation is made, Jesus said it is finished, all you gotta do is repent and trust Christ and go to heaven, that's enough to shout about. We should surely be praising the Lord. Make a joyful noise. God wants you to do it. In our day, notice what he said. Let's skip down to verse 6. He says it again. Oh, come. He said, oh, come, let us worship and bow down. There's that word uh, worship. This, this word worship carries the idea uh, of, a, of a dog that's just, you ever seen one of them dogs? Hold out your hand, brother Scott. You ever seen one of them dogs? I mean, you've got everything else on your mind. You don't want to be pestered with no dog. And they's, some dogs will come up underneath of your hand just forcing you to pet them. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They'll jump up in your lap. They'll lick you in the face if you let them. I mean, they'll crawl up in your lap. They, they just want attention. You know, what, you know what the psalmist is saying? You need to be like that lap dog that you hauling around. You need to crawl up in his lap just to have his hand touch you one more time. Woo! I'm coming to church. Oh, I'm coming to get his hand on me. Oh, I'm coming to feel his touch again. Oh, I'm coming just to let him talk to me a little bit. Help me to kiss on him a little bit. I just want some attention from the Lord. Amen. Amen. That's what that woman at the well was looking for. She's looking for Love in all the wrong places before the country singer ever wrote it. She done found, had five husbands, shacked up with another, and she found that seventh man, and that's all she needed. Amen. Woo! Amen. Y'all know I'm right. 
God help Christ is to be worshipped with every part of your internal and external experience. He wants us to internalize these songs and then externalize these songs. He wants us to internalize the Jesus and externalize and, and excruciate or expend out of our life worship and praise because of who he is. I hope I've convinced you. Notice the Notice the gestures and postures that's in our text. Watch what he says in verse 6. He said, worship. In verse 6, he said, oh, come and let us worship. This this first little worship, (laughs) amen, signifies according to him, the prostration of the whole body. Amen, the whole body is to get involved in it. Then, Then notice what he says bow down. That's the bowing of the head. That's the part of the body. So we're we're to externalize. Remember, we're we're, we're getting involved and we're using our vocal voice. Uh, We're getting, but we're getting animated now. We're not just sitting there. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If you want to praise the devil, just sit there. Amen. That's what he wants you to do. But if you want to praise the Lord, evidently there's some gestures and some postures. Here's what he said. Worship. Fall on your face with your hands and your legs stretched out. That's the idea of that word. Oh, come let us worship. Get like that dog up underneath there. Just get some attention. Lay down at his feet. Get him to touch you one more time. But then he says, bow down. That's bowing of the head. And then he says, thirdly, kneel down. So, worship fall down, bow down, kneel down, bending of the knees. God help us, amen, to get on our knees and worship God. He wants us to, amen, God, what? You know what, A.W. Tozer, he wrote a book on what happened to worship. Here's what he said. We've got great churches and beautiful sanctuaries. We join in courses. We act like we have need of nothing. But there's an indication that we are in need of worshipers. We need to train the next generation to worship. That's what he said. He said, we got a lot of men sitting in our church boards that have no desire for spiritual joy, no radiant light for the Lord Jesus Christ, and rarely show up to prayer meetings. These men who make decisions in church budgets and church expenses and where the frills will go in the next phase of the ministry are folks who are running the church but cannot get, get them to prayer meetings. They, they do not want to worship. It seems to me that it's always been a frightful inconsistency of men who do not pray and do not worship are running everything in our churches. We need worshipers if we need anything. He said, we need worshipers. We need to spend time in the churches and quit spinning our wheels and worship God. That's what God wants. You say, preacher, I'm not that animated. I'm not that animated. Okay. Let me come over and set a fire up underneath your seat. I'll bet you'll get real animated. I'm not that vocal preacher. Okay. Let me come over and slap you in the face. I bet you'll get vocal. You know what? The devil has slapped you and beat you. He has, amen, he has done his best to ruin you and wreck you all week. And you come to church and the person that lives on the inside that is the fire that lives in every single believer. Amen. And he's been good to you and blessed you and still loves you. Puts up with us. Amen. That's enough to shout about. He knows everything that you think and do and still loves you. Amen. What a God. Amen. Don't be like 2 Samuel 6, David's wife. Her name was Michael. 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 She looked out the window and mocked him because he worshiped God. Mocked him and how he danced for the Lord. Mocked him and said he was shamelessly, uncovered himself and the fun of all them. All right. 
I don't want to be like a, I don't want to be like David's wife. I want to be like David, who said, I don't care. Hey, man, it wasn't for you anyway. It wasn't for your daddy. This for the one that called me. Amen. The one that called us has called us to come and worship based on him. Amen. God's grace should be the fuel of our worship. Our salvation is by God's grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourself is a gift of God. And not of works lest any man should boast. Not of works lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Grace got us to Calvary. Amen. The good blood of Jesus washed us and made us a new creature. And when we left Calvary, good works were a characteristic of us that's been to Calvary. Good works don't get you saved, don't keep you saved, but good works follow you because you are saved. It's grace. Grace is the fuel, should be, of your worship. Our service is by God's grace. As every man hath received a gift, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, even so, minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If by grace you've received a gift, then use that gift to minister to everybody else as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Our sufficiency is by God's grace. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, towards you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Grace saved, grace that helps us serve, and grace that's sufficient to meet all our needs should be the fuel of our worship. Would y'all say amen? God's glory should be the focus of your worship. It's all about him. Would y'all agree with that? God is our supreme focus. Here's what the New Testament says in Galatians 1.10. For do I persuade, in other words, seek approval of men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. You worship to please God, not them. God is our supreme focus. God is our solitary focus. Here's what he said in Romans 11. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who's been his counselor? Or who, hey man, hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him, and through him, and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hey man, God is our supreme focus. God is our solitary focus. God is our steady focus. Wherefore, therefore, whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. So grace is the fuel for our worship. Glory of God, amen, is the focus of our worship. And the goodness of God is the foundation of our worship. That's what the psalmist said. That's what Paul was reminding us in the book of Hebrews. True worship will have an effect on everybody. True worship, thank God, will require an effort from everybody. True worship will encourage everybody. True worship will align everybody. Amen. Worship requires willingness. You come in here mad, stuffed up. You ain't going to worship God. You got to be willing to worship. Amen. Worship. Now, Mary was willing to worship. She didn't mind getting at his feet. Worship requires, reduces your worry. I'll just go ahead and say that. If you just go ahead and worship It'll, amen, it'll knock the bottom out of your worry bucket and it'll go to seeping out. I like when worry gets out. Worship reveals the wonders of God. Worship recognizes the witness of the Holy Ghost. Worship readies the workers like a pep rally for the soul. Amen, where's my pep rally sign? Hey, just keep calm. You ain't got to go to hell. Sit there. Don't worry about it. Nothing to get excited about. You just ain't got to go to hell. Are y'all listening to this preacher? Amen. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Thank you, Lord. It readies the worker. It will sense the vices of Satan, but it will see the victory of the Savior. He don't like it when you worship. I want to punch the devil in the eye anyway. I'm mad at him. Hey man, he's ruined homes, wrecked homes, hindered me, harmed my family. I, I can't wait till he gets what coming to him. Hey man, hey man, I want to do anything that bothers him. Hey man, I tell real worship, we'll hear the voice. Listen, we'll hear the voice of that sorry seducer, but we'll revert back to the scriptures. Hey man, that's what it'll do. Real worship will will not vaunt itself. It will value the sacrifice and the Savior. How long has it been since you come to worship? We have a call to worship. We've got a cause to worship. We've got a Christ to worship. We could get comfort from worship. There's a consolation in worship. There's a choice to worship. There's a substance of worship. David said it's God and what he's done and who he's been in your life. He's the source of worship. You couldn't even worship if God didn't put the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. You've got it on the inside. It's dying to get out once in a while. There's a satisfaction of worship. There's a surety of worship. There is a summons in the scripture to worship. Say, man, you know what worship means? Comes from an English word, worthy, which means worship. That means if the Savior is worth something to you, you're going to worship him. You're going to recognize he's worthy. Is he worthy? Is he worthy? Is he worthy? They gonna sing in heaven, worthy is the Lamb. That's gonna be the eternal song. Worthy is the Lamb. Y'all try it with me. Worthy is the Lamb. One more, three more times. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Why? Because it's true. He's worthy. I said he's worthy. That's reason enough. It's about him. Amen. Here. Miss Victoria's going to come. She's going to play this song. Brethren, we've met to worship. That's why we've come. It's Sunday morning. We call this the worship service. <laughs> it was written by a guy named George Atkins, 1819. Music was, was by William Monroe. Here's what the first verse says. It's in page 59 if you want to look it up. Brethren, we've met to worship and adore the Lord our God. Will you pray with all your power while we try to preach the word? All is vain unless the Holy Spirit of the Holy One comes down. Brethren, pray and holy manna will be showered all around. The last verse says, let us love our God supremely. Let us love each other too. Let us love and pray for sinners till our God makes all things new. Then he'll call us home to heaven. At his table we'll sit down. Christ will gird himself and serve us with sweet manna all around. Oh, thank God for worship. That's what we've met to do. That's what we've come to church to do. Amen, amen. Get involved in worship. Oh, come. Let us sing. Oh, come. Let us make a joyful noise. Oh, come. Let us worship. Let us bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. That's what God wants us to do. And private worship will lead to public worship. But if you're always, amen, if you're always patting the devil on the back in private, you ain't going to worship in public. But if you'll worship in private, it'll spill over in public. Amen. Let's all stand. Heads bowed, eyes closed.